This is the Church Planting Podcast, brought to you by the Broadcast Network. Broadcast exists to support, train and encourage church planters. For more information about who we are or about the training that we offer, please visit our website at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Broadcast Podcast. My name is Beth and I work for the Broadcast Network and we are really excited. We've got a conference happening in June from the 8th to the 9th and um, yeah, up until that time we are interviewing our guest speakers. So we heard from Tom O'Toole a couple of weeks ago and we've got Sam Ward with us today. Hi Sam. Hey, how you doing? I'm good, how are you doing? Very well, yeah, really Yeah, yeah, it's a sunny day in Manchester today so so it's put me in a good mood. Did you not get snow this morning? Yeah, we did get snow as well as sun, which I feel like just sums up Manchester in a nutshell, really. <laughs> all, all seasons in one day, which is Manchester climate to a tea. Exactly um, right. <laughs> yeah. So Sam is the Director of Ministry at the Message Trust, and we're really excited to have him with us in June, but also to be hearing from him today and yeah the question that we are asking all of our guest speakers in anticipation of the conference is what do you feel God is doing right now so that's my first question for you Sam what do you feel God is doing right now well this is a really exciting time for me to be able to answer this question because this time last week I was on my way to South Wales to pick up a van like a, a camper van to, and I started doing this tour around uh, the south of England and Wales, really visiting various different churches, projects, initiatives, trying to seek to answer your question, what is what is God doing right now? And so I feel like I've got this uh, amazing bank of resources, of, of, of things that I've found that God is doing. And so we, we, we did this amazing tour. We went to like rural settings, coastal settings, headed into London and like kind of toured around all these different initiatives. God is doing blooming loads. That's what's really exciting for me is I really feel like God is is doing amazing things. Mm. And um, wow, where, where do I start? I mean, you know, I, if I was going to summarise, I would say that God is restoring hope. Uh, time and time again, I would listen to leaders say, you know what, it's been a really, really tough couple of years, but... And everybody had this but Jesus. And then, and, then, and then they began to share about the things that they were seeing, that you know, people were coming to church uh, uh, that they never knew before. And actually, most people talked about church growth. Most people said that they had more people coming than they had before. All of them lamented the fact that they've lost a load of people too. But churches were growing and actually real creativity so much innovation was coming off the back of it and you'd think you know man after such a really difficult season everybody would just be licking their wounds and stuff Mm. I I just sensed actually there was there was real motivation to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then go after the things of Jesus and um, so lots of things I think he's really active in the church I think he's around this idea of creativity I think there's loads of new initiatives coming but a passion as well for discipleship like I've never seen Maybe that comes in response to loads of new people that have never been to church before or giving church a go again where they might not have done so before. And I think people are like, man, we've got to do big work in discipling. And so God is playing a huge part. I'm really encouraged for our nation, like probably like I've never been before, actually. Dead excited. Mm, Yeah, that's so exciting. That's yeah. Do you feel then just from what you've been speaking about that? Yeah, like the next step really is kind of 
really honing in on the skills of discipling and that's where we're going to see kind of the most like the growth at the moment yeah yeah and I, yeah you're right but I, I think the church has often gotten into a little bit of a fixed model on what that that might be and I think people are now because they're encountering unchurched folks or mm. people that have not really been in church for years and years I think it's kind of shaken uh, what it means to be discipling you know no longer can we just be relying on a Sunday morning and it's teaching to be enough I think there's a sense in which we've got to rebuild like the community of believers and so yes we want courses and those kind of things but the sense that this is going to happen in relationship that's mm. this is going to be um uh, something when the church comes together and really does what it's supposed to do when it becomes the body of Christ, the family of God, um, that's going to be the kind of the the best place for discipleship to take place. And I think people are beginning to see that, and that 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 is exciting stuff. Mm, yeah, that is really exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting that idea of um, yeah, we need to rethink the way that we are doing discipling because of just the changes that we've seen over the pandemic as well, and actually the structure and the kind of methods that we've been using for decades now actually kind of like well with everything after the pandemic need to be reshaped Mm. and rethought because um we're living in a very changing world or something that can you know come along like covid and completely change the way we operate we need to Mm. be able to apply that to lots of aspects in our lives so um Mm. yeah that's really interesting yeah so what kind of coming living in a post-pandemic or with pandemic world what do you feel like God is now calling us into after yeah after Covid? I really felt like um, as the church began to emerge from Covid that maybe there was there was something around a wake-up call to the church Mm. Um, I was really focused in on on Romans chapter 13 where it kind of talks about understand the present time that's that's where i think verse 11 starts and then it goes on to say uh, the hour is already upon you to wake from your slumber and i think for a while the church really was kind of locked into um uh like how do we survive this and uh just trying to get through like we don't need to think about new things we don't you know but i actually i don't think we're there anymore i don't think we're the call to wake the church is is as necessary as it was i really do think that the church has been wake, like shaken awake mm. uh, the alarm call of the gospel has really alerted the church um i think now really god is saying the same thing that he said to 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 joshua as he kind of t- took on this new mantle from moses that um, be courageous. Do not be afraid. Be courageous. Be strong and courageous. In fact, right at the start of Joshua, he says it three times, like he almost needs to reiterate the point a little bit. Like, are you hearing what I'm saying, Joshua? Uh, you know, and I imagine when, when Joshua's hearing that, he's hearing the audible voice of God. He's like, the first time he's like, yeah, yeah, I get you. And then maybe the 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 the, the circumstances around him, maybe the the environment that he finds himself in, you know, with this with this call to go on this new adventure, to cross the river, to take hold of what God has promised, then realising that's a big task. And so he begins to doubt. And then the word of the Lord comes again, be strong and courageous. And he's like, yeah, 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 that, yeah, I'm, I'm in for that. And then, and then it happens again, maybe just the fears of the world begin to creep in. And I think as we move out of pandemic, like, I think the, the the word of the Lord to the churches is be strong and courageous. Go go for it. You've got mm. it. But as we've just become aware of the size of the issue, as we become aware of the difficulty that surrounds us and even the insecurities that 
let's let's just be honest are not done with if it's not if it's not pandemic it's the soaring prices of food or the increase in uh, the cost of living because of heating bills going through the roof or the fears of um of global war or war in europe you know i think the the anxieties are are going to be there to constantly get the church to sit back and 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 go back into its shell, sort of pull the duvet up and say, not just yet, not just yet. I think the word of the Lord is continually be strong and courageous. Every time you get those waves of fear and doubt, go again, be strong and courageous. You've got this. The promises of the Lord are there. The command of the Lord needs to be fulfilled. So go go for it. <laughs> but um, but it's a tough one, isn't it? Where we just want to kind of say you know what we'd just rather emerge slowly like you know being being woken up in the morning by your mum who comes in and pulls apart the curtains and says come on get up and get going it's tough mm-hmm. uh, and the church needs to constantly be called by god to to be mm-hmm. strong to keep going so yeah yeah definitely yeah i think as well just um general like weariness i think people are tired from the last two years aren't they and so we need that like wake up call and that yeah that direct um command of yeah like you say be strong and courageous um Mm. which is exactly what we need right now (laughs) (laughs) tom was speaking um the other week a bit about how um times of revival that we've seen in in the past have always come after times of of hardship and actually is god has god been preparing us these last couple of years um you know in the uh to to look forward to and to start asking for revival um so almost kind of what with our topic for this conference is like for us to be renewed ourselves and then praying for revival from that renewal what would you say would you say you know are we ripe for revival right now do you think that's obviously we we should always be striving to to see people saved and we're <laughs> yeah we're on the edge edge of uh yeah do you feel like we're on the edge of revival right now that's <laughs> what a question i'm like i got like saved in the in the late 90s when there was a big sort of appetite for revival in the church and i think you know i used to sing send revival start with me mm. I, i'm a i was a revival junkie in my early in my in my earlier uh, in my early faith um and i think i went through a whole season of being really disappointed that the revival that i'd prayed for never landed mm. um but this season, <laughs> this it feels like a tinderbox in our nation. Like when we begin to look at what God's doing, where the state of the nation is, I think Tom's right. You know, mm. I think I think revival does start after seasons of hardship, seasons of suffering. Let's be honest, we've we've really not seen anything like the suffering of the church in 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 a global setting. But this has been a difficult season, hasn't it? Mm. And but what is revival? Man, we could spend ages looking at that. But it, it feels like when 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 salvation begins to kind of gain a momentum that is beyond what is usual. Mm. And I would say that's already beginning to happen. I mean, interestingly, we've we've done some great initiatives here at The Message throughout lockdown. You know, we were I, I created this thing called the Lockdown Hunger Project to send food to kids that were at risk of hunger because they couldn't get free school meals. Mm. And we followed that up with this like network of community groceries, like a halfway between a, a food bank and a supermarket. And what's amazing is what starts out as a food initiative mm. has led to so many people coming to know Jesus. Mm. It, it has blown my mind. So here at The Message, you know, we've had to plant a church because 
um, over 250 of wow. our, mem- uh, our members uh, have, have, have given their life to the Lord. People are getting saved in the queue for their food. <laughs> and so here on any given Sunday, you will find 200 people gather, 90% of which are brand new, never been to church, never called themselves Christians. Like mm-hmm. that, that's the stuff of revival. I genuinely feel like, like we couldn't have, we couldn't have strategized it. We couldn't have dreamt it. <laughs> God is at work post pandemic. This is, mm-hmm. this is something sign. And I think people can testify to pe- more people responding to the gospel, wanting church than I can remember in my lifetime. So mm, yeah, it's, it's on, stuff. it's on, yeah. it's on. <laughs> uh, it's really exciting. No, that's amazing. Well, you spoke a bit about the message trust just then. Could you tell us a bit more about how you first got involved with the message? <laughs> it's it's been a long journey i'll be honest with you i um i got saved in like in college and uh god like really burdened my heart for the poor that that's really been the mandate over on my life really it's been really the least the lost the last mm-hmm. and uh i began to look at what what was god calling me to how did i begin to respond to this call on my life to do something about poverty um, and so looking at initiatives around the city, I stumbled across something called the Eden Network, which was a ministry of the Message Trust, relocating Christians into the toughest neighbourhoods in the country. And so I, I applied and, and joined the third team, which is in a place called Openshaw, where I've lived now for the last 22 years. That's, a, that's how old I am, Beth. I've been, I've been a, like, oh, so I've kind of seen myself as an urban missionary, really, for the past... 20 years with the message um but i suppose i now work at the message and that kind of journey goes from being an eden volunteer to then leading the team and the church that we planted mm. through through to um seeing eden develop around the nation so i began to look at eden teams into yorkshire and then nationally and uh, and then i took on ministry whatever that means all the other <laughs> ministries of the message kind of fall under my brief um so it's been 20 years mm. That's probably too long. Amazing, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And do you have any, yeah, kind of, well, I bet you've got a load of stories from the past 20 years, but do you have any, so obviously you were speaking about the the supermarket slash food bank that you guys started Mm. over lockdown, which, yeah, I remember seeing on social media and thinking, what a brilliant, what a brilliant idea. Um, Yeah, do you have any more stories from recent history of times where you've just been seeing God work through the work of the message? Yeah, yeah, right. So you could share with us. I know you have loads, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's this girl, this woman who starts uh, coming to the grocery, um, and she responds to Jesus, but her she's blind. Um, her and her husband start coming to the church. To the church, she's baptized, and she had all these hopes and dreams that she, well, as she got baptized, maybe she'd come out of the water and be able to see again. It didn't happen. Mm. Um, but when I was preaching here a few weeks ago, she stands up to t- testify she takes the mic and she begins to say um uh, this week I went to see the doctor and they were talking about my eyesight if there's something that could happen something that could change um and, and nothing was really changing but as she went home she said my eyesight began to um to return right so she mm-hmm. said so yeah. she start she starts to testify about how she's seen her grandchildren's faces for the first time and she wow. You know when you know you know you hear those stories of miracles, and then suddenly I'm witnessing this one. But it was the detail with which she began to sort of share. She said, um, "And I could see the eyelashes 
on my granddaughter. And I'm like, you know, like what, what draws our attention? I would never notice someone's eyelashes unless mm. they were ri- ridiculous or whatever. <laughs> but but she, like, she was like seeing things for the first time, captivated by it. Mm. I, remember, I remember talking to a guy that I was working with um, from my community out of prison had been in prison for years and years in fact he got saved in prison and then he he kind of as he came out he began to share with me his experiences and he said um suddenly I was seeing trees for the first time in many years and he said wow aren't trees beautiful and (laughs) and and he said then then this dog ran past and he was like weeping because he'd seen a dog (laughs) and not not because he'd been in jail but because God God had kind of reframed the all of creation for him and he suddenly mm. saw purpose like he'd never seen before and he's like overwhelmed by colors like he'd like his eyes had been opened and i, mm. I and i see it, it both in the addict and the criminal who suddenly comes to know christ but also i see it in the woman who's blind and then sees and uh, mm. man i've just been so so encouraged by that mm, that's amazing yeah there's some great testimonies um yeah, it's so exciting. Yeah, so would you be able to share with us a little bit then about, we've got you speaking at our conference along with Jeremy Simpkins, <laughs> Ness Wilson, Rachel Gardner and our own Tom O'Toole as well. Could you share with us a little bit about what you're going to be bringing with you? You're going to be doing a session on the second day, I believe. Um, yeah, can you share a bit about what you're going to be speaking to us about? <laughs> Well, I'm going to level with you. I'm still <laughs> still crafting. It's like months away, but well, that's fine. It's a way always. Yeah. No, no, no. Let, let me let me tell you where I think I'm going. I love Isaiah 58, and in there you get a, a, a people of God who begin to complain that almost like God is deaf and blind for all their righteous acts. He doesn't seem to be doing anything, and they kind of question God. But then. But then God begins to answer them in in really what real righteousness looks like. And so, yes, we're going to be looking at revival and renewal and how that sort of journeys us out. But what I want to do is take a look at God's people who begin to navel gaze. What happens with this group of people is that they become selfish and self-absorbed and they they fail to realise the big picture of God and his righteousness. They fail to understand their responsibilities. So I want to look at a people that often complain that God isn't doing what he should be doing and look at what God's response is. And he says at one point, when you do all that you're supposed to do, then you'll say, then then you'll know and hear my voice say, here I am. What does it look like for a church to recognise that God is amongst us? And where, where is God? God is in the uh, with the hungry, with the naked, with the refugee, with the broken and the poor. And it's there that we begin to identify that God is, is amongst them. And I think really what I want to encourage us to do is um, the tendency is to be drawn inwards. I think the Latin phrase is incavatus in se, to be to be uh, to narrow our gaze, to be focused on my life, my mm. per- my purpose, and particularly off the back of pandemic, mm. we can get so drawn into me and my thing. Mm. And I want to lift our eyes to the horizon. Uh, what might God be saying? Where might God be drawing us? And it's always going to be that he draws us on paths of righteousness. It's going to be that he draws us to where he is and what he's doing. And we'll find him, the church will find Christ amongst the broken and the hurting and the lost. And I think mm-hmm. that that's going to be my sort of sending message mm-hmm. as we as we go from the conference can we go to where Christ already is amongst the the lost and the broken? Uh, it'll be I think that will be my rally in charge. I yeah, think. yeah. No, that's brilliant stuff. Yeah. 
it's really interesting what you're saying. I was speaking to someone the other day about um, how over the pandemic, there was such a rise of self-care products. And we were kind of told, you know, mm. look after number one, look after yourself. And I read the other day about um, data analytics that uh, the self-care industry is now, I think, $450 billion, something like that, or projected oh. to be soon. And it's it's that kind of marketing of like, look out for you, look out for number one. And actually we were built for community and we were built to, to love and serve our community around us. So it's, yeah, it's, um, no, it's really key to who we are as Christians, isn't it? To be like looking outward and, you know, serving those around us. So that's exactly it. Mm -hmm. I talk, I talk about, um, the, the first attribute of the Imago Dei, we are made in the image of God, Mm. but the, but God is by very nature, triune he's in community and Mm. so so we're made for we're made in the image of god and therefore made for community Mm. but it's totally countercultural. um and so we take care of number one we don't consider those around us but god is always going to be in the other god is always going to be in those that are not us Mm. (laughs) the enemy the the neighbor that you know that's what we're called to so Mm. mate i love that you get it (laughs) yeah completely get it completely back it definitely yeah oh well Thank you so much for joining us today, Sam. It's been so great chatting to you and I can't wait to hear from you in June as well at our conference. You can still book into that now if you just head to thebroadcastnetwork.org slash renewal dash four dash revival. And uh, yeah, you can book on there. It's a 24 hour hub. We're so excited to hear from everyone. Who are you excited to hear from, Sam? <laughs> I, love, <laughs> I love uh, listening to Tom at all. I've never heard Jeremy Sinkins, so I'm really excited about that. Have you not? Oh, no, he's brilliant. Yeah, so go on, book in. Um, yeah, thank you so much for joining us today, Sam. It's been great to have you with us. My See pleasure. you later. See you. Bye.